Miguel, firstly, how's it from South Africa? And thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us. Uh, my first question is, where did the name Teenage Bottle Rocket originate from? Thanks for having me. Um, the name Teenage Bottle Rocket, I think it was the first guitarist, Zach. His, uh, his dad or grandpa or someone had like a hot rod called Teenage Bottle Rocket. And I think Brandon was the one who kind of took that name and envisioned sort of the Skull and Cross Rockets logo that we've used ever since. So not a crazy exciting story, but there you go. Growing up in Wyoming, how did that play a role in your songwriting? Growing up in Wyoming influenced our songwriting by kind of limiting our access to trends and to what was popular in a weird way, especially before the internet was what it is now. You know, we didn't really know what was cool in LA or New York. We just kind of knew what we liked. And in a way that kind of kept our, our songwriting straightforward. And it was just what we liked, not what was, was popular at the time. Being signed to Fat Records must be an absolute dream for every punk rocker. Uh, how did that come about? We were on a record label called Red Scare, and the head of that label, Toby Jig, had previously worked at Fat for a while, and so through that, we kind of had some connections to Fat Records already. They would come out and watch us when we'd play in San Francisco, and the transition just sort of came really naturally. At some point, it was just time to take the next step. And Fat Records already knew and loved our band, so all super, super smooth. And you're right, yeah, absolute dream come true. I called my dad uh, crying. I was like, Dad, you're never going to believe it. Like, we're on, we're on this record label, and yeah, here we are, back on Fat Records so many years after that. It's awesome. With Cody joining the band from the Lillingtons, uh, who you guys have stated are quite a big influence, uh, what did he bring to the band? Yeah, Cody coming in from the Lillingtons, you know, that that band hadn't been very active at the time. And, um, you know, he's such a great songwriter and such a great singer that it definitely, I think, brought this element and the contrast between Ray's songs and Cody's songs and their two voices, I think really created something unique and something special. Other than the Lillingtons, who else do you guys draw inspiration from? Well, absolutely. We all love the Ramones and we all love Descendants and Green Day and listen to a lot of Screeching Weasel growing up. And I think those things are a little obvious, but Maybe not as obvious, like we all really like Fugazi and The Cure and Devo and, you know, we all listen to a lot, lot, lot of music and even though our hearts are really in straightforward punk rock, these other influences kind of just barely sort of spice or, or touch our, our songwriting, barely. But it's in there. Miguel, you joined the band in 2006. Uh, did you fit in straight away as well? You know, when I joined the band, I had actually been uh, traveling with those guys as the the merch guy for a couple of years before that. Um, 
you know, Ray and Brandon are and were like my two best friends. And I'm a little bit younger, but I would always hang out at their house and we'd always listen to records and always there constantly. We would jam together. And so whenever Joel left the band, I was finally, you know, old enough to be in the band, old enough to get into the 21 Up clubs that we would sometimes play. And so it was just a super natural transition. Our deepest condolences for the very sad and unfortunate death of Brandon. Uh, it must have been extremely difficult for you guys to think about continuing with the music. Uh, what got you guys through that very difficult period? You know, I can only really speak for myself, I think, on this one, but my mother had passed away when I was 16, my sister died when I was 17, and pretty much ever since that point in my life, you know, death has kind of been a constant companion, and... So when Brandon died, you know, my best friend, it, it hurt so bad and it was so tragic, but I had so much other experience with death that I kind of was able to realize my role and my role was to use my experiences to, to be available for everyone else who was hurting. And, and my healing process had a lot to do with, with trying to be there for the others. On top of that, you know, the decision to keep the band going, I think, was really huge for all of us. I think Ray told us, like, I, I already lost my twin brother. I don't want to lose my band, too. And we all knew deep down that Brandon absolutely would never want us to stop going. And so so that really fueled us to keep the mission alive and keep the band alive and do this as long as we can. Well, obviously, finding a replacement drummer wouldn't be easy. What made you guys decide on Darren, and was he comfortable from the word go? We knew Chuka from his other band, Old Wives, out of Edmonton, Alberta, up in Canada. And again, it was Ray, I think, who who suggested him first. Um, we knew if we were going to keep the band going, we needed a kick-ass drummer, because Brandon was just amazing, and... Ray suggested Chuka, so we flew him down to Wyoming, had one practice, and by the end of it, we were like, this is our guy. And, you know, he, he did have and still has really big shoes to fill, so I don't know if, if that's a super comfortable spot to be in, but we all really love the guy and consider him one of us, and he's such a great drummer that uh that it works and you know we definitely had some dust to knock off and and some work on the transition but Chuka's first like real tour with us was the Vans Warped Tour and that's like a long hard tour so at the end of it we were like well if he can do that he can do anything else we got coming up the new album Stay Rad was released earlier this year by the way we love the title uh, how long do you guys generally work on an album for and uh, what's the overall feel of this album? I don't think we think about this stuff very much. Like, we try to have a record out every two years or so. And and the songwriting usually just kind of happens in that time frame because everyone's always thinking about what's next, what's next. And... Um, you know, between Tales from Wyoming and Stay Rad, we did the covers record. 
which I think was a good time to like a good project to stay on this new record every two years thing. And also to give Chuka a chance to like come to the studio and work with us in that manner before it was like, okay, now we're hashing out these new songs together. So, you know, with Brandon's absence, absolutely. We all kind of had to step up in different ways. He had a lot of, a lot of influence on all the old records and a lot of like production. And so with this record, Ray, Cody and myself, you know, tried to fill those roles as best as we could. And, and to be really honest, like, I think this is one of our best records, if not our best record. And I think that Brandon would really truly be stoked on, on how it all turned out. Well, I'm pretty sure you guys are looking forward to coming to South Africa. Uh, is there anything that you guys have heard of that you'd like to do while you are here? We are absolutely looking forward to coming to South Africa. In fact, we've been trying to come to South Africa for a long time, probably about 10 years. And so we're so crazy stoked to finally make it. You know, it's it feels incredible to know that our little band from this little town in Wyoming, it, it's nowhere, that we are so fortunate to get to go so many amazing places and and we couldn't be more excited about South Africa. As far as things we've heard of that we would like to do whilst there, what was it? Baba Las or something like that. We, we like to party. We're excited to party in South Africa. After your shows in Cape Town, Joburg and Durban, uh, what's next for Teenage Bottle Rocket? Immediately after South Africa, we fly straight to Europe to start a tour there. Uh, lots of club shows, some festival shows, including Gross Rock. We come back from that and we've got lots more U.S. stuff. Um, second tour in Europe later this year. We're going to Asia. We are all over the place. Busy, big year for TBR. Uh, lastly, probably my most important question. Uh, why does Donald Duck wear a towel around his waist when he gets out the shower when he doesn't usually wear any pants? <laughs> well, you know, I don't really know that much about, like, duck parts or whatever. I would think it would make more sense if he wrapped himself in a full towel, not just the bottom half, to, to dry himself off completely. But I don't see why he would ever need pants i think miguel thanks so much for chatting to us here on red af uh, we look forward to seeing you guys in a couple of days here in south africa yeah man thanks so much for having us can't wait to get down there